Howdy folks, Generic Cowboy here, telling you that this episode of the Eclectic Gamers Podcast is brought to you by the Roanoke Pinball Museum in Roanoke, Virginia. Roanoke Pinball Museum, it's an interactive museum, it's sort of dedicated to the science and the history of pinball. Its mission is to cultivate curiosity in science, art, and history through pinball but while preserving and honoring its role in American culture. The museum is open every day except Monday, and it houses over 65 machines with models ranging from 1932 to 2018. I sure hope they have a buckaroo. Roanoke Pinball Museum, your world of entertainment awaits. Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Friday, May 7, 15th, 15th, and it's episode 115. I'm Tony. I'm Dennis, and we have a guest. We have a special guest. We have uh, Jeff Bacalar, who is editor-at-large over with CNET, and he is a host on the podcast called Giant Beats Cast, and we have him on because purportedly he's a pinball fan, but we're going to find that out. We'll put that name to the test, but welcome aboard, Jeff. Thank you guys for having me. It is true. I am known to be a pinball enthusiast, and uh, hopefully I will not disappoint you. But I, I do that sometimes, so just fair warning. You disappoint me sometimes? Not you personally. I've <laughs> oh, been known uh, to disappoint people, but um, look, that's not what we're here to talk about. No, no. And in fact, <laughs> I, I reached out because I remember reading, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but I remember reading your Top 10 Pinball Machines as of 2019 article that you had released back in December. Yes. And so that is what put you on my radar, though I okay. found out after the fact that Tony is familiar with your podcast. Yes. Oh, right on. Cool. Yeah, I both the BeastCast and BombCast were some of my primary video game-related podcasts that I partake of. Oh, excellent. Part, partook of when I had the chance to, before I, before I sit in an office and do meetings all day. Now, now that I do that, it's, it's, I don't have the time I used to, but I always yeah, make sure to, yeah. It's super weird. Cause I feel like ever since, uh, we went into lockdown, I feel like my podcast consumption, I mean, to my chagrin, has like plummeted. I just feel like as now that I'm home 24 seven and I don't have a commute into Manhattan every day, I'm just sort of missing out on the podcast that I, you know, had so often like gone through. It's a, it's a weird dynamic change for sure. It's not just you. In fact, uh, I've noticed our, our listener numbers have fallen since the pandemic mm. has started. And I actually, uh, host over with the pinball show which is on the pinball network and our numbers over there have fallen as well. And I don't think it's just my performance though. That may be, <laughs> may be in part, may be in part the motivation. This may sound, I meant this could end up sounding really weird because it may be way off base, but I'm really digging back into my memory. Tony, is this beast cast bomb cast thing? Is this the ones that put out the video of the, like the, where they take like two weeks and debate best game of the year or whatever that you love to watch <laughs> yeah. every second of. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. Yeah. All right. So thankfully, I'm not personally involved in that element of those of what those guys do. Because if I was, I would lose my mind. I, <laughs> I, every he December, me, he had me watch one, and I was like, those, "Whoa, this is long." Oh, it's like a prison sentence. I don't even understand how they do it. They, they when they come back from San Francisco, these guys are like the Walking Dead. It is unbelievable. 
I mean, I can't imagine because I watch it at like two times speed mm-hmm. to watch them, and they come, and, and even then, it takes me longer to watch them than how how rapidly they put them out for how long it takes with every day. It's just, but it is definitely the best roundup of the year, for uh, sure, for yeah. sure. And like as much <laughs> as they lamented, they they do love it. It's just like. I, they know what they're getting themselves into. There's, it's just like this necessary evil. It is such a pillar of that, of that business of that franchise. But they, they look like like they're going into war the week before they have to fly out to San Francisco to record that whole thing. But uh, it's it's awesome, and and the the amount of like feedback and you know how many people just hang their hats on that you know staple of a of a thing. It's it's kind of amazing. So here in the intro, normally Tony and I go over what we did the last couple of weeks because that's how often we record the podcast. But <laughs> as a guest host, uh, the floor is yours if you want to maybe talk about just sort of your general interest in pinball or maybe how that started. You take it wherever you want to go. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, for as long as I can remember, I've always been fascinated with pinball. Uh Growing up, I was a huge uh, video game player, which is probably very obvious, but I had always loved um, the sort of like physicality and I was fascinated with like Rube Goldberg stuff. And I think that I was introduced to that at a very young age. My um, my grandfather had worked for the ideal to- uh, toy company. And whenever I would go to their house or apartment in in Queens, he would have all these like gadgets that he put together and he would have all these like, you know, strange prototypes from the toy factory. And I would just like, you know, immerse myself in all the kind of junk that he had laying around. And it led to me being introduced to pinball at a, at a pretty young age. And I just never really shook it. It was always a thing that I was super into. But I think as I grew up, it was sort of just in the back of my head that like, this is only a thing I can do when I go to an arcade. This is this is a novelty that is that is left for, you know, being, you know, growing up, it was it was like the bowling alleys had them and, and you know, all these sort of like specialty places. And when arcades used to be a much bigger thing than sort of like what they are now, I mean, I guess you could argue that the, the retro revolution has sort of brought that back into the into the, the limelight a little bit. But it was always a, a thing that was like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll get around to playing a, a machine, you know, when when I run into one. Um, and as I grew up, you know, I... I and got into my thirties, I, I realized like, Oh, this, you know, there's a specialty here and, and, and there's a sort of curation that's starting to happen with, with pinball museums. You know, we have the one here in, uh, in Asbury park, uh, the silver ball museum. And I kind of had, I had never left the interest of pinball, but it came back to me in a way that, you know, in the last five, 10 years that I really can't describe, not, not to mention all the time I spend on the Jersey shore with, you know, the amount of pinball that's, that's there for consumption is, is definitely on the higher end compared to probably anywhere else in the country. Uh, yeah, it's always been a thing for me. And now that I'm a, a grown ass man and, and can do what the hell I want with my time and money, um, you know, it's definitely been a way for me to, kind of explore it and now you know streaming it and and getting online and really falling in with the community it's 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 been a really awesome experience oh so do you stream on twitch 
So I just started doing that since the lockdown started. Yeah, I started streaming uh, Willy Wonka. And uh, I was doing, I think we did six streams of that. And I think this weekend I'm going to start uh, streaming Funhouse. So we'll see how that goes. So you, yeah. so you own games. Uh, how many? I do. Right now I have four. Um, I have, uh, so Willy Wonka was, was loaned to me by Jersey Jack because we were working on a feature for CNET. And let me tell you, it's a good time to get quarantined with a pinball machine loaner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, it couldn't have asked for a, a better timing in that regard. Um, so I do have that right now. Um, I have a fun house machine that, through uh, an amazingly generous Beastcast uh, listener, was able to sort of, uh, you know, put me into uh, ownership of that. And I also have a stern Deadpool and a, a stern Jurassic Park. Pro models? Uh, Deadpool's a pro and, and JP's premium. Okay, nice. Jersey Jack's never loaned us games, Tony. What, I know. What, what do you think? So I, I could put in a call. <laughs> uh, you, well, you would think at this point. I mean, all right. Now you, you may know some people, but I, I used to co-host over with Ken Cromwell, who's now their communications specialist. So uh, Ken, Ken, I know you're listening. I know, I know you skipped the video game segment, but come on, man. You got, you got. Don't make me go through flipping out pinball and be one of their one of those distributing shills. I can't. I can't sink to that. My reputation is on the line here. Yeah, right. Ken reached out to me too. I think I think we're going to try and work together in the future too. But awesome. yeah, good people over there at Jersey Jack for sure. Ken and Ken's great. He was a. It's really unfortunate because of course he had to he had to hang up the microphone when he went to join with a with a manufacturer. But he was a pillar uh, for pinball uh, hobbyists as a podcaster. He raised over fifty thousand dollars with a charity campaign uh, for Project Pinball to place a. Uh, Pinball machines in children's hospitals. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, and it's the it's the most successful uh, charitable event I know of that's happened in pinball. So, yeah, he was just if Ken wants it, uh, his will becomes reality. <laughs> it's, it's scary. Uh, so Tony, Tony, you uh, now to be fair, Tony, you did end up with a pinball machine thanks to your podcasting. So it's kind of like the Funhouse thing. It is thanks to to Nick and the uh, Roanoke Pinball Museum. I got my Grail pin, Campus Queen, and it is been getting some decent play in this here lockdown time, except for it keeps freaking the dogs out. So. Yeah, my, back <laughs> we when, to, we back have when to I had my dog, he couldn't stand uh, EM games. They're too loud. Yep. We have to balance. It's like, well, we can play for a certain amount of time, and, and then we have to let the dogs calm down before their hearts explode. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, I have uh, eight games currently, and I have room for seven, but you know how it is. Uh, <laughs> mistakes are made because uh, I like to do projects, but I normally do those with my dad and with the uh, quarantine and isolation happening right now, we do not get together and work on games. My mom's immunocompromised, so we stay away from each other, but mm -hmm. the game, I don't have any project right now. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, you just, just got to make do. And speaking of making do, we're going to make our way right on into that pinball segment. Now, there will be no video game segment this time. I figured Jeff talks about video games enough. There is no reason to subject him to it here <laughs> on some low rent, like D-list podcast. So, uh, but in the world of pinball, we're a B-list podcast, so we're much higher. So I think before going into some, we do have a couple of news items, but before going into that, I just want to quickly announce that back on the last episode, 114, we did play a new game, Tony and I, called Build a Bank where we used a combination of pin side top one, well, 
top everything list and then randomly had a pool of games we each got to pick from and we alternated who got to pick what. We built banks of six games and then we let the audience vote on Facebook in terms of whose bank did they like more. I did win with 80% of the vote. But really, no but, kidding. But had Tony taken Jersey Jacks Pirates of the Caribbean, he may have won it all. That's, I, uh, that's I what keep, I was told. I, I, I keep told. being told that if I'd taken that or stars, I would have won it stars. all. Stars. But that's <sighs> but what can you do? You'll always have to, you'll always have Daddy's Star Trek. I, I I chose games that I have experience with and that I enjoy. I didn't just go with what I know is the meta of games. I made my list very uh, Now, personal. to be fair, you know I have wanted a Lord of the Rings for years. So that oh, one. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. That, that, that one. Personally, that, I think Lord of the Rings won it for me, but <laughs> but, but what do I know? So, so anyways, uh, we're not going to play that today because the way the Facebook polling works. Uh, we're going to play a different game uh, at the end of the show. But uh, we will bring that. Uh, we will we'll bring Bill the Bank back, though, Tony, because the feedback, as you probably saw, was immensely positive. Yeah, I enjoyed it. That was way better than. Yeah, you like game. it. But normally we play 20 questions, which Tony gets mad about. So. <laughs> so uh, only a couple news items. Uh, first thing uh, this week in pinball, commonly known as TWIP, they have released a new promoter database. So if you go over to this week in pinball, you may now go. It's kind of like iTunes reviews, except it's for all sorts of uh, creative media content. So podcasts are in there, obviously, but so are streamers or so YouTube channels. And so you can go, you can rate out of five stars and you can leave reviews. Uh, and a lot of people have been plugging reviews in. So um, I know a lot of people turn to TWIP to uh, catch up on weekly updates about what's going on in the hobby. So it makes sense for them to host the database. And so far, it hasn't turned into a toxic wasteland. It looks pretty positive to me. I say it with so a So far. So yeah, I've liked it. I've, I've tried to give some decent reviews so far when I've had time. And then the other big news, and this is big news, and if we're not, I don't think, surprised, Tony, but Penberg, Replay FX, has been formally canceled. For those that don't know, Penberg is the world's largest pinball tournament. It was slated to have over 1,000 players in early July, and that has been canceled. Uh, they were successfully able to get out from their contract based under the provisions of the emergency. So, But obviously, that has disappointed a lot of people. Jeff, do you play competitively? So, this has been something that has begun to sort of come into my headspace in a way that I kind of had not considered it seriously until um, I was at CES and I was I was hanging out with some of the Stern guys and they were saying, oh man, you should totally play competitively. And I'm just like, but you don't know if I'm good or not. Like, what are you trying to get me into here? Is this, is this like, are, am I being hustled right now? Like, is this, <laughs> is, you know, and, and, uh, Jack, uh, Jack danger was like, yeah, man, you should totally, you should totally do it. And I'm like, dude, you, are you trying to take my money somehow? Like what, <laughs> what's going on? Um, I have never done it. Um, mm. I, you know, I've, I've started to think about it after I was, you know, asked about it. Um, where I live, I live pretty close to uh, Morristown, New Jersey, and there's a place called Game Vault that I know does um, some events. And I was actually so so. It's funny because like my head doesn't always, you know. The first thing I think is I don't go, oh, I should do this tournament. My first thought is I should cover this or I should make a video about this. So that's kind of where my head went. Where where 
I had been in touch with the Game Vault people and I was saying, hey, you know, the next event, I would love to like maybe do a short little documentary about it. Um, I mean, maybe playing in that event too would, would sort of add a special, you know, angle to that kind of project. But I'm open to it. I, I have no expectations. Just I've, you know, I know I would need to set the bar very, very low. Um, I feel like my five-year-old would maybe have a better chance of doing, you know, make doing some damage at one of these. But uh, yeah, long story short, I've never been in a tournament, but I feel like maybe once things cool down a little bit, uh, it's something that I would definitely consider for sure. As somebody who has been beaten by a very young child, <laughs> there's still a lot of fun. I bet. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah, I've been, I've, I've been thoroughly trance trounced by young people and it's still fun. It, it, they're great. Uh, socially, uh, is where I enjoy most of it. Cause I am not that great of a player, but mm-hmm. it's still a good time. I, um, yeah, you could have just said no and saved us like four minutes <laughs> there, but, but you didn't, which is probably good. Cause it gives us something to discuss. Uh, I've never played in Pinburg. I do play competitively locally and yes, they were probably hustling you. Jack danger is a <laughs> machine. Filthy. He yeah, is a, filthy. yeah, no. That, and the thing is a number of those stern employees rank yeah, higher than he does exactly. so it's like it's like crazy yeah so uh, now jack loves to get people into pinball he, they, that's his whole thing you know that's what his whole channel's arranged about so yeah uh so yeah he he's an incredible player anyone who watches the stream can see that uh jack you know their media guy zach sharp guy guy has one pinberg won it i mean yeah keith elwin i think generally agreed upon as being the greatest player in the history of the entire game ever uh, works there for Stern now. Tim Sexton, the programmer behind Black Knight Sword of Rage. He is a top level player. That's what he was known for, uh, back before Stern scooped him up as a programmer. So yeah, they have got a lot of, they have got a lot of talent. Uh, I got destroyed repeatedly at local tournaments for, I don't even remember when I won my first round. I think I had played almost half a year. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. And it, you know, as you work at it, you get better at it. And, uh, what I like about local tournaments is most of the time it's not too, uh, it's not too competitive. Like, oh, they want, everyone wants to win. You know, they want that mm-hmm. money and they want that trophy. Mostly they want the money, but they're cool about it. It's really social, uh, people. And even at the more competitive things, a lot of people are great with if You just go up to someone and say, I don't know how to play this game. They'll tell you like do right. this and this and this. I've had people ask me how, to, like, it's a game I own and they'll be, how do I play Daddy's Jurassic Park? And I'll be like, I'll, I'll tell you everything. Here's the entire strategy I'm going to use to try and destroy you. And you can try and do it or maybe not and let me win. Up to you. Let's go ahead and transition now to the top 10 pinball machines that you discussed in your article. And I have a link. Uh, I, I have a link to BeastCast. I have a link to CNET. And I also have a link to the article itself uh, in the show notes for people so they can follow up with you and on the things that you've covered in the hobby. And yell at me, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just going to run through what you listed real quick, and then we can talk about any, any of these games. Uh, so your picks, and granted, these were as of 2019, as you noted in the headline of your article. Your number 10 was Batman, the Daddy East version from 91, which incidentally, I believe is the only game on your list I have not played. Okay. Tony, have you played Batman, DE Batman, the one with based off of Keaton? I don't think I've ever seen it. I haven't. Okay. Well, it's it's, not, it's number 10 in Jeff's world, so. 
so that's the thing, right? Like that's what I love about, I think that's, I think the thing about pinball for me is like, you know, obviously I'm very much a fluent, you know, video game person and, you know, opinions definitely seem to kind of flow with momentum in similar sort of path, right? Where like people agree like, yes, the last of us is a fantastic game and, and you, you, you will find very few people who sort of maybe veer off of that opinion, which is, and again, you know, everyone's opinion is great and everyone should be heard. I think with pinball, it's such a different kind of medium because you're just not, you just can't rent the game that everyone's talking about. You just can't go and buy the game. Everyone's talking about. So for me, Batman's here because I, I grew up playing this game year after year in, in ocean city, New Jersey and playing it once or twice a year, you know, over the course of 20 years, you know, and, and the, the amazing, like uh, a shape that this owner kept it in all these years, I could see like how much better I was doing over time. And, and that's, you know, you can't like detach that nostalgia of this game for me. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that's what I kind of love the most about pinball. Okay. So you'd say Batman is your sort of your touchstone game then more than perhaps any other game. I think so. I think that and and a couple other games that aren't on this list that I just have these like, you know, nostalgic childhood attachments to. But but yeah, this one for sure, especially on a personal level. Okay. Well, I can't evaluate your pick because I've never played the game. So I have (laughs) it may very well be the 10th best game of all time. I don't know. It's funny because like I've not I have not met a lot of people who've played this game either. It is a kind of overly simplified, you know, objective kind of base game. It's, there's not a lot going on there, but I think it does, it hits all the right notes for me with the theme and, uh, you know, the call outs. And I just, there's something about it that just gets me going. Uh, I don't know it, if you got Jack Nicholson's Joker in a game, odds are I'm going to pay attention. Uh, so number nine on your list. Now, this is a game Tony and I are familiar with. That would be Williams 1993 hit classic Whitewater. Dennis Nordman design. Uh, I, I take some flack on Whitewater because I actually don't love it to the degree that a lot, like a lot of people think it's Nordman's best game. And I would say it's one of his better games. Uh, but I've never been particularly drawn to his design style. Uh, so what is it about Whitewater? that you like? Cause I know a lot of people do love it. It's considered an A-list uh, title from that era. Yeah. I think for me, there's a bit of nostalgia here too, because uh, I remember at a young age being super attracted to this game just because of the amount of ramps and just like the amount of traffic and, and sort of, you know, stuff that's going on in the play field here. Uh, for me, that was always like the big draw because, you know, when you play pinball when you're super young, you don't really know a lot about, for me at least my kid now knows how to like, you know, combo every, you know, Deadpool and how to collect all the kids in, in Willy Wonka and all that. But when I was growing up, it was just like, don't let the ball go down the drain, right? Like that's all you got to do. So for me, the, all of the, the stuff, all of the toys that are going on in this game was, is something that I always found super attractive. And now that I can play this kind of regularly, um, around the corner from my office, uh, there's, there's a, a vendor that has this and I'm in there a bunch playing it and to understand just how cleverly designed everything is and the multiple, you know, levels going on. Uh, I just always find myself coming back to it. Awesome. Tony, what are your thoughts on Whitewater? 
I like Whitewater. Uh, it's definitely, I'm one of those people who considers it one of the A-list games from that time period. It's one of my favorites. Well, I'll just sit outside looking in from the rain, peering through the window <laughs> glass there. Now, here's one I think we're all all three probably going to agree on. Uh, number seven, Dialed In, Jersey Jack Pinball 2017. Uh, personally, I know we're, now, spoilers, there'll be a touch on this later. This, in my view, is Jersey Jack's best game. I also think it's Pat Lawler's best game that he ever did. So I really like Dialed In. I really do. Um and I guess Tony, what are your thoughts on Dialed In? Because I know we've we've talked about it off and on before. Oh yeah, no, it, it's Dialed In is definitely a great game, and I'm I'm with you. It's my favorite Jersey Jack game. Is it your favorite Pat Lawler game? Probably. Hmm. Okay. I thought it'd be really? Roadshow. No, I Roadshow's up there, but I think it probably going to be Dialed In on top. All right, Jeff. Why is it number seven on your list? Whilst you have other JJP games and other Lawler games higher up. <laughs> In fact, looking at, I'm, gonna... I'm going to spoil a little bit and say, looking at your list, you look like a bit of a Lawler fanboy. Yeah, it's funny because I did not know about a lot of designers and stuff until I got much more into the hobby. So, you know, kind of realizing that maybe I was sort of you know, drawn to a certain designer has been a sort of eye-opening thing of like, oh, maybe I really like how this Pat Lawler dude like designs pinball machines. Yeah. yeah. Nevertheless, nevertheless, like uh, I think with Dialed In, you know, there's something about, uh, I think this is a game and the way I look at a lot of Jersey Jack stuff is that there's a certain level of like, you know, modern technology that I think pinball machines kind of broke through in, in the last decade or so that I'm sort of drawn to, especially with dialed in as being maybe the first, I guess you could include wizard of Oz as, as because that was their first sort of uh, entry, but there's something about dialed in that I remember playing for the first time being like, I've never seen something like this in a pinball machine before. Uh, and for me that l- made a lasting effect that kind of I, I was never really able able to shake and going down to silver ball museum and and really spending a lot of time with this game and understanding just how smart it is um really just you know and and, and not to mention just how difficult i think it is too um you know that's kind of why i love funhouse so much is like for me personally i just find that game to just be hard and um the challenge here is something that i really really dig in the way that like a game like bloodborne you know would just have you relentlessly kind of coming back to um and you know there's something weird about this theme i mean i i know a lot of pin- like hardcore <laughs> pinball players don't care about themes but there's something about this wacky like dystopian technology theme that i really kind of dig and yeah i'm i'm all about it yeah, it does have a very, uh, I mean, when I first played through it, I thought this feels like it wanted to be SimCity with all disasters turned on. And I'm just dropping right. in, I'm just dropping <laughs> in tornadoes and earthquakes and, uh, memories. <laughs> okay. So, uh, 
Next up, number six on your list. Um, oh, we did skip eight. Did we skip eight on purpose? Oh my gosh. No. I no. The okay. du- Good thing you caught it because it's the W's. The W's in my one note are blending together. Uh, so <laughs> number eight on the list, which uh, I did skip and we are not going to cut and edit it back into place. So just have to have it out of order would be uh, Bally or WMS 94 game World Cup Soccer. That's a John Papaduke design. Uh, personally, World Cup Soccer is, I think, his best game. So I, while it wouldn't be in my overall top 10, it would be my number one from J-pop in terms of what what I think on that. And that's not always been the case. I've kind of fluctuated on which J-pop game I think is the best. Uh, Tony, what what are your thoughts? I mean, we've we've played World Cup a lot. Oh, yeah. We played it always on location. Yeah. And so so we've seen it in a lot of tournaments. Much like you, I do think it is J-pop's funnest game. I don't think it's his prettiest game. But I think it's the one that I have the most fun playing. Okay, so Jeff, do you think it's its prettiest game? Well, I mean, again, and I feel like what's happening with this podcast is you guys just being like, oh man, we are schooling this dude because he just oh, no, not no, no, not at all. Oh, <laughs> um, my taste is so terrible. <laughs> I, well, I think it's, you know what it is? I think it's more of, of just like my, uh, you know, the fluency of like what I know about, you know, designers and whatnot. Uh, I'm always trying to learn more. So this is definitely a more educational experience than anything else. Um, but yeah, tell me what else, what else has this guy done that I would know? Our, our, our sense of humor can be a little odd, so don't be don't be too shocked. Yeah. No, nothing's meant to be malicious or anything. We're not trying to be. Hey, look, make it look like an idiot. That's never never the goal. So glad you pointed it out because we're not trying to do that. Uh, no, I, so John Papaduke is a designer who's now over with the startup company called Deep Root. He okay. only had a few games: uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights, Circus Voltaire, World Cup Soccer, Star Wars Episode One, the Pinball Two Thousand game. And uh, Theater of Magic. So okay. he didn't have very many games, and most of those are known for their for their art. So I was being I was being cheeky with the uh, the thing about prettiest on World Cup Soccer because generally everyone agrees that aside from Star Wars Episode One, World Cup Soccer's art is not very interesting. Whereas Theater of Magic, Tales of the Arabian Nights, and Circus Voltaire are beautiful games. Yeah, it's it's weird. I growing up, I didn't play. I, I theater of magic for whatever reason didn't attract me in the way that it does now. And I, that's like a whole other conversation we could have about like games that I remember from my childhood that I just, for whatever reason was like, I'm not going to play this one because it's about a thing I don't like, or, you know, whatever it is. And you, you don't realize it, but you make, you have these biases as a, as a, as a child where you're just like, I'm not playing the gun game or I'm not going to play the, the, the X or Y game. But for whatever reason, theater of magic never never appealed to me and now that i play it in these retro arcades i I feel like such an idiot because of how much fun i'm having with it now same with like you know uh uh, something like attack from mars but yes without a doubt um i would i mean i don't uh, i don't agree about it being pretty i think theater magic has a much more going for it but oh and all you you brought up a circus voltaire right yeah yeah that's one of his so I have a friend who's obsessed with this game. What I've never played it. I know it only ran in a very limited kind of run. There is something like uh, that game is somehow like a unicorn game. What What is it? Can you explain it to me? Like, what is it about that game that seems to be like so many people's, you know, grail or, 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 you know, this sort of like, 
you know, lost treasure. Can you explain that to me? Probably not. <laughs> I, I, I just don't have the same fondness for it that so many people see, seem to. Uh, yeah. I, I can't, what I can tell you is that like, and a lot of times when it comes to rule evaluation, I look to the competitive scene because they're so particular about wanting really balanced rules. And, and I like really balanced rules as well for, from a scoring perspective. So what I can say is there pretty much are two schools of thought amongst competitive players. There are those that think World Cup soccer was the best game from John Papaduke because of the rule set it got. And then there are those mm. that think Circus Voltaire is because of the rule set it got. And then everything else has a bad rule set that he worked on. And he wasn't the programmer. It's just, that's how it was. So like, mm-hmm. I can't uh, competitively I'll play. I mean, I don't mind playing it, but I don't like theater of magic because the rule it's too easy of a game to break. Mm-hmm. And uh, tales of the Arabian nights used to be my favorite game of his. Cause I really liked the layout. But then when you find out that the rule is lamp all day, it becomes boring from a competitive mm-hmm. standpoint. And then, mm-hmm. and no one likes star Wars. So you just throw that one out. So, <laughs> so I think it's a combination of, the art's really cool on it. Uh, it's, it's a fun thing to try and go for the ringmaster, uh, which is kind of the, uh, bash toy, but you have to get him to raise up from the bottom of the play field before you can bash him. And then the ball will balance on the top of the, the hat for a multi ball. And then it's got all these magnets on the diverters and the ramps, which World Cup does as well for like the ball mm. lock. So mm. it's just got a lot of cool toys and a lot of diversion to it. And it is a very weird layout. And so. Yes. Whereas Theater of Magic is a traditional fan layout, uh, and World Cup's unique, but holy crap, Circus Voltaire just feels weird. To play. I think <laughs> it feels really weird. Uh, and some people like that because it's different. Yeah. With World Cup, for me, the attraction is definitely the, you know, the, the, the idea of the toys. And, and, and for me, again, the theme is definitely like implemented in a way that just feels real good. It has a rule set that I dig that I can wrap my head around quick enough to not kind of feel lost i think it's one of the more accessible games when it comes to rule set for a lot of people and and that definitely scores points with me yeah makes sense well we did number seven so we'll move to number six Uh, another one that i think a lot of people out there are going to agree with you completely on that would be stern's 2018 hit and twippy game of the year winner iron maiden legacy of the beast which is a the first design a published design produced design by keith elwin and keith does his own rules too so he also handled the role set for Iron Maiden. Uh, we played that quite a bit on location. Tony and I did. It was at one of our major uh, tournament locations for quite a while. I liked the game. I didn't love it to the degree. Like, I really respect the rules and the layout's fun. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. It never clicked with me in, in the same way it has with a lot of people. But I really appreciate how well balanced that game is and how it feels like any shot will make you progress towards something. So. That and that that's really appealing because you may struggle with some of the geometry otherwise. Uh, so I guess that's kind of like the the high points I would say about Iron Maiden. Uh, it's a, not a theme I'm familiar. I've never was into Iron Maiden, so I don't really know the theme. Uh, mm. So why is it uh, kind of in the middle of your list, though, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Like, there's a certain level of satisfaction with the the kind of like juggling that goes on there. With you know, I, I kind of related to like plate spinning where you're just constantly you know almost like where like an rpg where you're kind of like managing a lot of inventory uh you know progression systems in the background i feel like maiden is able to to give you that sense of accomplishment like you talked about in a way that uh you know feels uh productive so 
personally, I'm I'm not the biggest Maiden fan, but I'm very familiar with you know the theme and and obviously the music and you know dig how that's been implemented. I also love the that was the first game I saw that did a really interesting you know that plunger shot where it sort of crosses the play field and enters that second ramp to me that was the first time i'd really seen something like that that you know for me it's like oh how is this innovating how is this different how is this moving the needle and and pushing it forward and and for me all those sort of things come together in a way that had me hooked kind of from the first time I ever played it. This game is, is like I said, with a lot of other, these games on the list, super readily available to me, fortunately enough where I'm at in the city back when we used to go into offices. But, uh, having this around the corner does not hurt a game's chances of, of me playing it probably more than I should be. Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts on Iron Man? I don't know if we've ever really talked a whole lot about it. I'm sure maybe back when it came out. Yeah, I can't really add anything because I agree with both of you completely. It's it's a game that is fun, and the theme's not necessarily a huge thing to me, but it's still kind of in my wheelhouse. It's just fun to play. Mm-hmm. I think I voted for it for that Game of the Year award when that, that Twippy, which did. is a People's Choice style award. So I, I think I did. Uh, yeah, I did as well. Yeah, it was a good it was a good game for that year. It's a good game for any year, really. Uh, now, this one's going to be more controversial, Jeff, uh, though, though I got your back on it. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's Funhouse, uh, Williams 1990 game. That is a Pat Lawler design. It's also one of the Pat Lawler games that's high on my list. I, I'd never own it because the uh, face is too creepy for me, but <laughs> I do like to play it on location. Uh, Tony, what do you think about Funhouse? I know you've played it a lot. I've played it a fairly lar- large amount. It, it's a fun game. It's definitely, uh, not a game that I'm going to walk away from uh, if it's there to play. It's not like one of those games where it's like, uh, there's another game I'd rather go play. I'll play it. I I, I enjoy it quite a lot. So uh, it's definitely uh, on my list of games. Now, Jeff, I know uh, I'd like to know what your thoughts are about why it's here right in the middle of the pack for you. And also, I know that you have uh, been doing a lot of work on one. So I'd like to hear a little bit about that as well. Yeah. So I have a complicated relationship with Funhouse. You know, uh, it's, uh, you know, when I first saw this one that's in my house, it was, it was in rough, rough shape. It had spent, I think three years in a garage in rural Connecticut with no, you know, conditioned air and humidity. And I came to find out that this is one of those diamond plate play fields as well. So it's, it just didn't have any love. And when I cracked this, you know, I finally got it in the house and we turned it on. It, it was like that cartoon, like, <laughs> like it was just, I had, and, and keep in mind, like the, you know, I had been a pinball fan for decades. I had not been familiar in any way, shape or form with how one of these things works and functions, uh, and and the the crash course that I embarked on from October of last year up till present day has just been a whirlwind of you know soldering and wiring and and understanding electricity in a way that I never thought I would. And it really is all thanks to this game and a lot of help from from the giant bomb community. Um, so 
there is a very special place that this game has just because it was the game that got me a into pinball ownership and b into the maintenance and upkeep and and repairing of of pinball so obviously that's a bond that is tough to break um now that aside you know the game itself um i like i said before I find it infuriatingly difficult. Um, maybe that's because I replaced all the rubbers inside and it's like rocket powered now. <laughs> and maybe I, 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 you know, maybe I just cranked it up to 11 and I, and I just can't get a hold of the thing, but, um, I find it super difficult. Um, and, and just has these evil angles to it that, that for whatever reason, just don't want to play well with me. Maybe I waxed it too much. I don't know. This game hates me. It's it's a it's a hard game. Most of Lawler's stuff, especially his early stuff, I think, is just really hard, really hard. And it's like he favored shots in different spots on the flipper than any other designer I can think of. So I always have trouble like finding the ball lock shot up there to the, yeah. to the left of the head and stuff. Like I'm always just like. All I keep getting is get yourself a hot dog. I'm like, I don't yeah. want any more hot dogs. I want, I want to be able to do multi ball. <laughs> I want to be able to feed him. I want to be able to hit the trap door. And I, and on no matter what copy I play, they all are cruel. They're all so cruel. It's uh, cruel. So. You know, that, that loop shot, you know, with the trap door. I mean, finding that groove is so hard. Uh, you know, finding that that back and forth of that game is so difficult to, to really lock it in. And you know, th- where that game spits balls out, where it, where that scoop pops out, it's just wrong. Like it's just not nice. <laughs> uh, I never can catch it reliably the same way, the same time. Uh, you know, my son goes, goes back and forth with this. He'll go a month and not play this game. And then, play it nonstop for an entire weekend and just be like, I'm going to figure out a way to, you know, turn off the clock. And it's, it's tough. I, it's a love hate relationship for sure. Um, but, but at the end of the day, you know, it's always a game that I, I never get sick of. I, and I think it's a lot of that is, is thanks to that challenge and, and, and just, you know, how much this game puts you through punishment. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me. And you, you followed it up with another, uh, I think, incredibly brutal Pat Lawler game, which is the Adams Family from 92. So, what, what, so why, why do you rank the Adams Family above Funhouse? I guess would be how I'd phrase it. So for me, it's, it's, it's all about, uh, it's, it's my childhood just coming mm. roaring back to me. Uh, you know, I own four pinball machines currently and I still have more playtime on Adams Family. If you if you were to to count it all, just because of how much I played this game in arcades growing up, um, and 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 there's something about this game too that and I and I wrote about it in, in the list. Like this is a game that I found in the weirdest of places through my <laughs> travels on this planet. Like like I found this in weird like lobbies, basements. Uh, you know, I, I found one like at a strange ski lodge that was like literally surrounded by nothing but lockers. Like I, it, these, they pop up. I know it's like the most produced game of all time, but they pop up in the strangest of places. Uh, I am a diehard, you know, fan of this, uh, movie franchise as well. Uh, that's a big part of my childhood. So 
I think, you know, and, and not to mention, I just, I, I love the game. I love everything about it. Uh, the call outs, the theme is, is, is as close to perfect, I think, as you can get. Um, and I'm really good at this game. This is a game that I am, I, I am straight up going to say, I'm good at this one. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's really what it comes down to. I, I, I think it is the most identifiable pinball machine out there. I think, uh, and, and this is like, this is the one I have to own one day. This is the one that I will figure out a way to own. There's no doubt in my mind. I've heard a lot of rumors that, you know, this is going to be uh, the next um, game from the, the, the Chicago company. I, I don't know. But however it gets to me, I'm going to have this game at some point. Uh, I don't want to spend, you know, $10,000 on it, but <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll, it, it'll happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm... I'm I'm helpless. Uh, if this game shows up, if I go somewhere, if and and this game is just happens to be in the lobby of a hotel or happens to be, I'm gone for ninety minutes. You're just not going to see me. I'm going to play this game. I just can't help myself. I am inexplicably drawn to it. Tony, are you great at Adam's Family? No, I'm okay. At <laughs> no, no. No, you've won some tournaments, or you've won some rounds on some tournaments. I've won some rounds on it. It's one of those games where I have uh, um, kind of hot and cold streaks, where I might have a game or two where I'm just blowing it up, and then for the next like 37 times I play that game, it looks like I've never touched it before. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, no, it's an enjoyable game. That's all. That's a. I, I I think Adam's Family is a great pick to be on anybody's list. That's just a fun game. Period. Yeah, it it is well loved. I uh, when I first started playing competitively, and I didn't actually have a his, history with Adam's Family. I hated this game. <laughs> hated it. It was too hard. I didn't like the geometry. Why is the power coming on? What is the, why is the magnet screwing with me? Why is there no ball save? I, I hated everything about this game other than the theme, which I thought was excellent in terms of integration. Over time, I have, I'll never love it. I, I don't think I'm capable of love, <laughs> but I Just respect, I respect it. I respect how well integrated it is. I respect what innovate what innovations it brought to the table at the time. I respect its brutality, and uh, I respect when it ends up in tournaments. And I also get that operators love this game because it makes bank to this day. It is so yeah. popular, and that is those quarters are coming in on nostalgia, and it all makes sense. It was there's a reason why they sold over twenty thousand of those things, um, and so while it is not and never will be a top game for me. Uh, I have to respect everything that it's done because it's just that iconic of a title. I, I was, I was a couple of summers ago, I was up in Lake George in New York for a wedding and I was in the wedding party and lo and behold, this thing shows up this, guys. This machine was in, it was underground. So they had, a, they had stairs that led down to like an underground pool on like the basement floor. And for whatever reason, this was in the corridor between the pool, the, the, the root, the, the huge indoor pool they had and the parking garage. Okay. Picture that in your mind. Like this is where <laughs> this machine was. So there I am in a tuxedo. Okay. I had to be there at 6 PM. It's like 625. And my friend and I are in our tuxedos still playing this game. Ignoring texts from the groom saying, oh, we'll, we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. Don't worry. Don't worry. So that perfectly, uh, yeah. 
it made no sense. But for a brief for a brief moment, I just knew you were going to say, and I was at this wedding and the Adams family It was in the cake. It was in the cake. I just we cut open this cake. There's a pinball machine. Of course, it's an Adams family, but there's a pinball machine in the cake. And I'm like, yeah, Adams family would find a way because it's everywhere. So you're. Now, your last three games are all very, very modern. So number three, a game you noted at the start that you own, uh, and a game that I really enjoy quite a bit, uh, Deadpool uh, from Stern 2018 title. Uh, I love how, I mean, I guess I'll I'll go ahead and just start really quick and say that. I just, I really love how you look at it and you think you're going to have like a traditional fan layout with just the two flippers down down at the bottom. But the the design's so weird. The sword ramp is so satisfying to hit and so difficult to get it. The snick shot is awesome. I love the modes. I love the uh, 16-bit fighting. And, you know, it brings me back to my uh, days when <laughs> Tony and I had an apartment when we first went to college and we were we didn't have cable. We didn't have any package of anything. We just played Street Fighter 2. That's all we could do. So it just brings it all back for me with that. And I really think George Gomez, the designer on it, did a really good job. And and Daniel Kleiss has really made the rules something something special. I think it's an excellent location pin in particular because I think it's pretty approachable and not too confusing. So I I really I mean, Deadpool might very well be on my top 10 list as well as I think about it. But I, I love Deadpool. Jeff, why why is it here? Because I'm right, and you agree with me? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Because you are right. I mean, there, you, Dennis, you put it uh, perfectly. The, when you first approached this game, when I first saw this game, I won't, I won't lie. I, I saw it, and I was like, oh, oh, that's cute. Like, oh, that, they have a little Deadpool machine. That's cute. Like, this looks like this is fine with its two flippers. And, you know, for, for me, you know, I am a... a I am drawn to, 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 to the tech of a game, right. Where, where I want to see something I've never seen before, but I don't think there is a, a more satisfying game loop in a pinball machine, uh, that I've, that I've experienced in a while. Like this just does it. The, the, it is so well balanced and such a really satisfying rule set. And the fact that it does so much with, I want to say seemingly kind of so little because it isn't necessarily the game with the biggest toys and the biggest, you know, sort of over the top, uh, uh, presentation. It is so much fun and, and, and that's it. And yeah, like I, I liked it. I like the theme Deadpool. Sure. Like I I feel like, you know, you're not really going to find too many people who, who are just like, all right, you know, but that's done really well. Um, I, and, and, and you know what, I think the, the, the cool thing with the battling, there is a video game ish kind of feel here. Obviously, you know, you, you can look beyond the, the, you know, the, the pixel graphics and whatnot, but it, there is something super satisfying that, you know, that sense of progress and that sense of like, oh, uh, you know, I, I, I got Juggernaut and Mystique and, and all, you know, I want to get that Sauron multiball. And, you know, it's, it's there that progression and the ultra satisfying shots in this game. I mean, that Katana blade, I mean, come on, like, you're just not hitting that, hitting three of those in a row. That that ninja apocalypse shot where you hit the orbit and then the I mean come on like this is where it's at and I actually just had to do a couple repairs on mine and I missed it it was out of commission for a week and a half and I missed it uh, so it's uh, that's when I knew you know hey th- this one isn't going anywhere anytime soon uh, I love it and my kid loves it too cool 
Tony, what are your thoughts? I, I I have nothing to add about talking about the game because you guys are once again completely right on it. I will say I remember when this game first came out and we originally talked about it, there was a lot of people who were upset because it wasn't based off the movie. And <laughs> after having played it and seen it on location and everything, I'm fully convinced that this game would not have done as well based off the movie as it is now. It, it did, wouldn't have the same amount of draw, I don't think. That's a really good point. I mean, you, uh, yeah, uh, there's something really special about it honoring the more comic booky version of Deadpool for sure. Mm-hmm. And it really nails it. Yeah. And, and video game fans recognize the voice work in that pinball machine. But yeah. a, a lot of pinheads are like, well, I only know Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, yeah, well, you old, <laughs> you old. I'm old too, but at least I, but I fake it. Uh, uh, Tony, I'll let you actually. I want want your thoughts first on his number two game because he did. Uh, Jeff mentioned here on Deadpool how normally he goes for the games with more kind of what well, I will use the word bling, more stuff in them, you know, more features. And this one's got it in spades, and that's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which was the release from JJP last year. Yeah, Willy Wonka is a very good game with fun shots. It is my number two JJP game. Um with only dialed in being the only game that I like better. And they're close. Uh, there is nothing wrong with Willy Wonka other than the art. I'm not a fan of the art. (laughs) Cut and paste, uh, Mr. Wonka. (laughs) Really? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the art, but I actually really enjoy playing the game. So yeah. And I agree broadly with Tony. It it is also my number two game next to dialed in. Uh, and for those that don't know, Willy Wonka is also a Pat Lawler design as was dialed in. I like dialed in shots a little bit more. I understand the rules going on in dialed in, dialed in uh, moderately more than I've ever been able to really understand on Wonka. And the art doesn't bug me too much on Willy Wonka, uh, but the sound package does. I don't like the sound effects in it. And so mm. it always drags it down. Like I want it turned down. I don't like how it sounds like a slot machine. Uh, so that always kind of irks me. I usually play it in a bar where I can't hear it. So that's not, big, <laughs> so it's not a big deal, but. Uh, so, but Jeff, you've put it quite a bit higher than dialed in, so you must love it a great deal more. Yeah. I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt that I wake up most days and play it. Um, (laughs) you know, I think, you know, this, this game, I, when I first played and the first time I did play it was at uh, silver ball museum. And my first takeaway was, I don't think I like this. Um, but the more I came to understand the rule set and really began to appreciate the layering and the stacking that's going on in this game, you know, there really, for me, isn't anything going on in a game or it at least is not presented this way for me. And I think that ties in with not just the rule set, but also how the uh, visual representation of everything you're doing um, kind of comes together. And I, and I, you know, when you talk about the, the, the LCD in the back glass, it is, it is just like this wild, you know, sort of like choreographed relationship between what you're doing and what's on screen. And I know that's a very kind of like geeky kind of like tech angle to look at, at this machine through, but there's something about it that I just find so ultra satisfying. Now, that kind of get comes, you know, you can talk about that as a fault as well, because I think for a lot of people, this game is too complicated. 
And I think a lot of these rules for a lot of people, especially when you get into the multi-ball modes, like the kid multi-ball, the slugworth, like those intersect and those mid-air collisions can be super confusing and ultimately not very satisfying because you're, you're really trying to juggle everything. And, and with, you know, with a lot of games where you're just sort of spinning all these plates together, you kind of lose track of what you're really going for. And I think I, even to this day, have that problem with this game. Um, I think it's a gorgeous game. I think the 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 RGB LEDs kind of dance together in a way that I don't think any game has really pulled off um, to to kind of look as well as it does in, in this version of it. I agree in every sense of the word with some of the sound in this game. I think the the kind of narrator voice is mm. just straight up bad. Oh oh yeah, w- yeah. want grandpa? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, not to mention everybody hates Grandpa Joe as it is. <laughs> because he stayed in bed his whole life. What a Because lazy. he's such a garbage human. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like kind of like <laughs> celebrating him and, and romanticizing this awful person uh, is just a bad look for this what? game. What tier uh, are you, Gramps? I'm garbage tier. Now let me go back to bed. He he is so garbage. Like, <laughs> I, dude, there's a point in this in that movie where he's like, Charlie, you're going to get all five tickets. Not only the, the first like oh my god grandpa <laughs> joe what are you what are you telling this poor kid uh, uh there there's an amazing subreddit that just dunks on grandpa joe. Yeah. I, have, I forgot so much about this movie oh my and, and the beauty of it is my kid so imagine being five years old and your first uh understanding of what willy wonka is is through this pinball machine okay you, you you see the Gene Wilder thing. You see all this like kind of old school, you know, art. And you're like, what is this? He then watched the movie after the fact and just sort of like knew everything in the movie from the game. I'm not sure anyone else on earth has had that sort of like work workflow. Very weird what we've done to our child, but nevertheless, uh, it's really the only movie he'll watch through and through over and over again. Uh, that aside, I mean. The the theme for me, they really do do a good job in in kind of nailing it. The you know, it, it's just a smart adaptation. the The shots are really good. I you know, there's so much going on. I love I love the implementation of the screen. I do kind of wish sometimes that the game didn't rely so much on that one Wonka Vision shot. The game does kind of really revolve around that computer award. Uh, which is that right lane in the in the TV shot? Um, other than that, though, I mean, this is a game that that you will just go down a different path each time you play it. And I just, you know, when you there's nothing better than just stacking those those modes and really the chaos that ensues here. You know, if there's if there's another thing I can knock on it, whether it's the the awful Grandpa Joe and 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 maybe sometimes the overly complicated you know, situations you find yourself in, you know, they, they just maybe don't do the best job of kind of giving you a chance to just take a step back and say, okay, what, what's next, right? Like you're kind of always presented with, you know, things that unlock in, in this sort of like order that you're just like, I'm not sure I've, discovered this on purpose or by accident. And, and I realize you know, the complexity of this game kind of lends itself to having that difficulty. But overall, uh, I, I really just have so much fun with this game. 
and uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it really you know stands by itself. I I don't know if you guys have played this enough to under to like really appreciate like how those slingshots uh, behave. Have you noticed that like Jersey Jacks? I don't know if it's maybe just exclusive to this one. I can't obviously draw the other ones maybe from memory as specifically, but there is some sort of like maybe lightness to the to the slingshot kind of behavior in this game that is just so much different from playing a stern game or at least a modern stern game. I don't know is that something you guys like kind of take away from it? I it doesn't click with me. I know it's been it's been commonly pointed out especially in high power draw situations. So a lot of people know that shows that mm-hmm. uh the Jersey Jack pins and it is more than just Wonka but really all of them do seem to respond really notably when there are low power situations. So if you're if you plugged into all one bank uh, mm-hmm. and the electricity maybe not quite up to what it's supposed to be that uh, things like the flippers start to feel kind of sluggish uh, and you either you go into your settings and you crank those up or if you didn't then things mm-hmm. kind of seem weak and sort of spongy so that's been a common complaint uh, that most people talk about in show settings but usually in home settings people don't notice it yeah uh, so it's not been it's never been something that's really st- stood out to me regarding the slings themselves and I I have played all of their games a decent amount other than Waz, I think I've probably played less than twenty times. But the the magnets in this game are are brutal. They are just relentless, and they it it, it is really frustrating at times. And there's also that on to the left of the gobstopper. If if you get a bad kind of eject from from the from the bumpers up there, from those pop bumpers up there, you, there's almost this like special kind of you know domino effect that you're almost guaranteed to 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 drain out yeah and yeah. it's just <laughs> super frustrating but uh other than that i mean I, I am just not sick of this game at all yet you rate jurassic park by stern you're number one not wonka why it's a great question dennis all so, my questions are great jeff you'll learn this <laughs> it's um you know i i think Jurassic Park just edges it out because I think there's just a little bit, and this might sound crazy, but there's just a little bit more variety. Um, like I said, there there is that computer shot in Wonka that is just, the game just leans into so much, whereas Jurassic Park feels much more fluid and much more you know, kind of varied in what that game wants you to try and do. Um, I think it has some of the most clever shots that I've seen. I mean, you know, that right upper flipper shot into that scoop is just so rad. I, I, I mean, I just think that's like, I know it sounds super simple, but it's just like, man, that shot is so satisfying. It never gets old. Um, I, I think the gameplay loop jumping from, Paddock to paddock, making your way through the park, rescuing workers, uh, you know, trapping dinosaurs. That loop for me is super, super satisfying. Uh, that sense of agency you get moving the truck and deciding your path through the park and also realizing like certain paddocks have certain perks and really kind of getting to know, you know, what you're, you know, kind of like the game is going to decide half of it, but you really do have that agency where you can kind of dictate the way you want a certain game to go. Uh, I just love it. I, uh, it is my most played game by far out of the ones I own. And, um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you could knock it for the for the sort of like half license that it has, and and you know the the kind of like backing into that. Um, I for me, it there's there's really nothing that I want to play more than just getting into that mo getting into that zone and and really you know making some progress. I, I also think it's super hard. I think it's a really hard game that you know like uh, you know like you were talking about uh, Tony with. Um, you know, having Adam's family sometimes just appear like this foreign language, right? Like sometimes that's how it goes with me in Jurassic Park. Like I, sometimes I'll just barely get through a paddock. Um, I I love that, that, that variety that I get out of this one. And it's, uh, it's by far my favorite one right now, without a doubt. Cool. Tony, what are your thoughts on the old JP? I think it's an awesome game. Uh, that's why when, when I was in Chicago, I dumped, I, I spent so much time playing it up at Logan Arcade. Uh, that game was pretty new at that point, too. And it's just, it presses all of the buttons, uh, is the way I put it. Uh, it just kind of makes you happy to play. Uh, the shots are fun. The saving people is fun. It's just everything about moving through the game just makes you want to continue so yeah no i i can't disagree that game deserves to be up there at the top that it's, it's a lot of fun yeah i mean of your entire list i'd probably uh, place it at number one as well and i remember uh you know and that was tough it was tough last year when trying to pick kind of favorite games and stuff because wonka was so good but to me uh, basically everything you said jeff it's like jurassic park was just a little bit better in pretty much every category, other than light show, really, that I can mm. come up with, I like the rules better. I think it's easier to understand, and I agree with you about the variety. I think it's a harder game than Iron Maiden in terms of layout, which I liked. I thought Iron Maiden was a bit of a long player, which kind of frustrated me a little bit. And I, so, again, playing on location, I like the ball times not to be too too excessively long. So I like that. Some of the narration in Jurassic Park's kind of bad, but it's not grandpa bad. So. Yeah. Uh, so again, Jurassic Park kind of, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it wins the, it wins the fail contest <laughs> slightly in that regard. Uh, and I think because they didn't get very much in the way of assets, it feels to me a lot more immersive. So while there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on on the Wonka screen in Jurassic Park, I think they did a really good job making you feel like you're actually capturing dinosaurs and you're actually trying to rescue these workers. And I don't really feel that I'm doing anything in the chocolate. Fa- I feel like I'm trying to start Kid Multiball. So, yeah. So in that regard, yeah, I just think it just was a little bit better in, in, for me in every single category aside, aside from light show. Yeah. Wonka's light show is, is stellar. I mean, I don't know what could rival it. Maybe total nuclear annihilation from spooky. That's about it. So we, we got through your list. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good list. So, well, thanks. Uh, I, that's why I want to talk about it. Well, right on. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I feel like we'd be maybe doing a disservice, not talking about a couple of like the, the, the maybe hangups with Jurassic park, but yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes that, that plunger shot doesn't always work out the way you want it to. And I think the reliability there's a, a bit of a, an issue. Mm, I was telling yeah. you, I, I have the premium version, so that T-Rex does have its issues. Sometimes I've definitely had to like, you know, open up that guy's mouth and like understand what the hell's going on in there <laughs> to really like, you know, make it a more reliable kind of toy in there. But, uh, but yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. That uh, coming from uh, people who know a lot more about pinball than I do, that uh, that definitely means a lot. So I appreciate that. Well, we only play like we know more on the radio. <laughs> yes, that's all we're doing. It's all it's all very fluid and subjective, and people argue about the stuff in the hobby all the time, which is the fun of it. And that's why we we get snarky and jokey because that's the. You know, it's how you. It's, it's all for fun, guys. It's oh, believe me, I, I work in video games. I'm well aware. No, <laughs> no, video games are never toxic. It's a happy place full of joy. <laughs> we all wish we were in video games. We all wish. So I was going to do a little portion on what makes for a good pinball machine, but I think we really touched on a lot of that when going through your list, and we're going to be able to touch on it more through the Stern Showdown. So I'm going to jump right into that to keep us on our time task, and so. Tony, are you familiar with the Stern Showdown? I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, no, I have Because it's been pretty much just shared on Stern Pinball's Facebook page. Uh, for weeks now, they've been running a – it's just a standard bracket tournament uh, where they pit their games against e- – their Stern games against other Stern games to determine which Stern re- reigns supreme. Probably not supreme, the supreme game. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't Probably. think it's in the list, so I don't think it – I don't think that will be it. <laughs> I don't think that one will be uh, eligible. But um, – so most of the other pinball podcasts, Tony, have actually already played through this, but I did not because of two reasons. One, I'm lazy. And two, I didn't want to do what most of the other two host systems have had to do, which is like do a coin flip or something to decide ties. But we have Jeff. There will be no ties. Right on. That's exactly. So now I know Jeff had told me a couple of days ago that he wasn't familiar with all of the games in the Stern Showdown. And that's fine. Just say when you don't know about one and we can describe it really quick because I think Tony and I have played all of these. So we should be okay. We should be good to go. So I'm gonna, it's going to be really easy. Uh, and I'll, I've got the bracket all here. So I'll, I'll read it all aloud. So don't worry. You don't have to look anything up. But so the first matchup is Lord of the Rings versus Mustang. So Jeff, are you familiar with both of those? Uh, not Mustang, but Lord of the Rings, of course. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mustang is a two flipper layout is a John Trudeau design. I actually really think Mustang is an underrated game. I think it's a lot of fun, uh, but they didn't sell a whole lot of them because of the light. The theme was Mustang. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe a lot of people are Corvette fans. So anyway, it just didn't, it didn't do all that well, but competitively, I think it's a really good, it's a very hard game though. It's got drops kind of in the middle, sort of like Deadpool, but on the opposite side. And, uh, it just it plays really really fast. In fact, to me, it's the fastest playing game aside from F14 Tomcat. So for me, I'm going to vote Lord of the Rings because I just think it's a much better. I like the deep rule set. It's you know it's a journey, and I am a Lord of the Ring fanboy. So what what can I say? But um, Jeff, I don't know if I did Mustang justice, but do you have a pick? <laughs> no, it's funny because as you talked about, I was looking it up on uh, on Pinside. But yes, uh, it looks interesting. But man, yeah, I, I can't not vote for Lord of the Rings. It's definitely I, worth a play. It's definitely worth a play. Uh, yeah, Tony. I'd be amazed. I'd I, I'd be amazed if very many people would pick it over Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings is just kind of a classic uh, game. Will you pick it over Lord of the Rings, Tony? No, I won't. Oh, okay, well, all right. Lord of the Rings gets to move on. Jackpot three. <laughs> Sorry, that's my best John Reese davies We <laughs> didn't get him on this episode, so he can't do it for us. All right, uh, next matchup. Ah, John Borg's Guardians of the Galaxy versus uh, George Gomez's Batman 66. Tony, mm-hmm. we'll rotate through. Actually, I started last time, so I'll rotate to Jeff. Jeff, you familiar with both of these? Yeah, I feel like that's a... That's like a five and six seed, right? Like that's not a one. Yeah, yeah, no. That, like, this one, this is not like Mustang and Lord of the Rings. No, these, oh, poor little one of these. 
I don't know. I don't know which one's going to fare through this. I haven't actually picked yet. That's why I've Jeff gets to go first. I've played Guardians of the Galaxy a lot more, but the times that I've played Batman sixty six, I've been I was really impressed. I this is tough. Uh, I I gotta say I, I I would say Guardians of the Galaxy by a hair. I mean, theme wise, I, I I am definitely much more into the Batman uh, the the Batman sixty six thing, but I just I know deep down that Guardians of the Galaxy is probably pound for pound the better game all right tony i'm gonna go the same way but it's so close this is this is a coin flip right here i mean you could roll a die or or flip a coin and choose between these and it's not going to be a wrong answer they're both a lot of fun i think uh now if this had been like original rule set i would go the other way but with how the rules have have come up in guardians there's no yeah it's got to be guardians but it's just by a, a hair yeah it goes to overtime for sure yeah well my vote doesn't matter but uh i would have <laughs> picked i would have picked guardians as well i agree they're both fun it would have been close batman has better rules but guardians has good rules they both actually started with garbage rules so batman had to be completely rebuilt but they did re- they did rush that i think because of um adam west he, uh, he since he was dying of cancer they were trying to get the game out i think for him to do all the le signatures and everything and the custom voice work so Anyway, so Guardians will move on. Yeah, I, I love the layout of Guardians. Uh, hard game. All right, next matchup. Uh, game of Thrones. That's a Steve Ritchie design. And then Kiss, another John Borg uh, design. So let me ask first, Jeff, are you familiar with both? Uh, definitely more with Game of Thrones. I've, I've played them both. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kiss is in one of the uh, b- Boardwalk arcades that I frequent. Um I don't have necessarily like strong opinions about either of them, though. Well, Tony um, will start us off this time, so maybe he'll help guide <laughs> guide us, Tony. I'm going to go with Kiss on this one. I enjoy both games. I just think I don't think it's as tight as Guardians and Batman sixty six is, but it's still definitely not the kind of blowout that Lord of the Rings and Mustang would be. But I think. I enjoyed the shots and kiss just a little bit more and I enjoy the overall play of the game just a tiny bit more. Okay. Well, unfortunately, Jeff, I'm not going to make it easy on you because I'm picking game of Thrones. Uh, I do. I like the layout of kiss. I'm not a huge fan of the rules. I think they're okay. Uh, game of Thrones, I know has had a code update and I've not played the latest code update, which further mm. enhanced the rules, but I really like the choosing of the house to determine your strategic approach to how you want to try and score points. And even under the old code, it wasn't just like, well, this is the one right answer. There are actually, well, some of the houses were inferior. There were two to three houses that were actually worth picking depending on your play strengths. And so because of that and the, and I'm really going Game of Thrones pro, I don't like the premium. I don't like the upper play field, but. You go pro with that high Steve Ritchie flow. I just I love it more. So I'm going Game of Thrones. All right, Jeff. It's all yeah, on you. You know, I don't have anything against either franchise. I'm I'm not I'm not going to let this be decided by you know franchise loyalty. <laughs> um, they're both just sort of not the, at the top of my list. But I don't know the memories I do have of Game of Thrones. I must have played the premium for that upper left. Uh, uh, little play field and I am a bit of a sucker for additional toys so I think I am going to go Game of Thrones okay 
Two to one, Game of Thrones will advance. All right. Next matchup uh, in this of uh, the four groupings of the north in the northwest bracket uh, is Family Guy versus Walking Dead. So I'll check in again, Jeff. Uh, have you played both of these? I have. Okay. Um. Good. Yeah. Am I, am I voting first or I, I'm no, I mean, if we're going to do the rotation, I guess Go it's my turn it. again. Uh, this is easy. Walking dead. I own it for a reason. It's better in every way other than the call outs, unfortunately, but yeah, you can't win them all. Uh, so I'm going walking dead. All right, Jeff, you're up. Um, yeah, I'm going walking dead. Also, I, I like family guy. I think that's a good, that's a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really have much against it. Um, but from just a pure, uh, you know, love for, for how uh, a game's flow can dictate how good a game is. I mean, you really can't, you can't beat walking dead. All right, Tony, it doesn't matter, but what, what would you have picked? Oh yeah, no, it's walking dead. There, there's, it's, it, there's no question. All right. <laughs> uh, new, now we're in the Southwest region and Jeff, you will go first this time. Uh, Jurassic Park versus WWE. Oh, <laughs> which Jurassic Park? It's uh, the What's one not, you own, yeah, the Stern it's Jurassic. Be, it's not going to be the one they didn't make, right? <laughs> well, well te- yeah. technically, it was the same company. Uh, you know, they traced their lineage all the way back to Data East. So, oh, but cool. you know that, yeah, going to go with a long shot call here. Jurassic Park is going to have to take it. Tony, are you going to buck the trend? Make me no, have to think. Oh no, oh, no, oh, no. Okay, I'm well. All right. That, well, WWE is like literally one of the worst games I've ever played. In my no, life. that's just got it's got to be bottom tier of all this, and I, I, it's really bad. So yeah, all right, Jurassic Park easy. All right, next matchup, Tony, you'll pick first here: X Men versus Elvira's House of Horrors. X Men. X Men, really interesting. I think Wendy? so. Okay, and I'm going to put it. I enjoy everything I've played and everything about Elvira, but I think. The, that could that could change if I played it more, but I've got a lot more X Men time and I enjoy it. Uh, I think they're both good games. I always get a little frustrated with how tight the shot layout is on X Men, so I'm going to go Elvira and split the split it here. So Jeff, you get to decide. I, when I played Elvira, I was super surprised with that game. It's really good. Um, I got to go with Elvira. All right, Elvira moves on. I was shocked too. I was amazed at how much I liked Elvira. I just thought it was going to be another fan layout. But all right, next matchup. Uh, I guess. Oh, I go first this time. It'll be Iron Man versus Stranger Things. Iron Man. Uh, it's brutal. I love the rules. I don't like the Demogorgon shot on Stranger Things, so I'm voting Iron Man. Uh, Jeff. Yeah, I think uh, Stranger Things has maybe a way to go, um, but um, yeah, I think I, I, you can't really argue with it right now. I, I everyone I talk to is just not a fan of that shot, and um, it's just not scratching the itch. I, I got to go with Iron Man. All right, Tony, you want to say what your opinion was? I'm I, I'm going to argue with you completely. Iron Man is definitely the better game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Many of flipping out pinball. I know you hate Iron Man and love Stranger Things, but this oh, Iron shot. Man's so brutal. I mean, <laughs> I I yeah. love the yeah that game's. I enjoy it. Oh, quite right. a lot. Jeff, you get to go first on this one. It's Ripley's Believe It or Not versus Metallica. So I don't think I've played Ripley's, but okay. I've definitely played a lot of Metallica. Yeah, um, Ripley's is a very early Stern game, like 2003 or so. 
it's a it's a lawler, I believe. Uh, odd layout. It's kind of it's got this weird bagatelle upper play field. It's got a very target that protects a uh, a scoop, if I remember correctly. Um, I mostly know it from Pinball Arcade and playing it virtually, but I I have played it in person. We had it on location for a while. Yeah, check out the playful. I mean. I, I'm into what I'm seeing here with the playfield. I do have a lot of experience with Metallica, so I'm just going to have to choose Metallica just because I'm so familiar with that game. That makes but, sense. Um, but yeah, I am definitely intrigued by what I'm looking at here. All right. Tony, which of the two? I'm going to go with Metallica because I think Metallica is just a classic, uh, but Ripley's is a fun game. It's enjoyable. Yeah, I enjoy Ripley's, but I agree with you guys. Uh, Metallica is a, a superior pin, so I'm going to go with that. All right, let's see what we got. Six minutes. Well, don't worry, we're going to keep flying here. Northeast <laughs> northeast bracket. Tony, you're first. ACDC versus Transformers. ACDC. All right, he says ACDC. I agree. I think Transformers is a turd, actually. Not yes, WWE bad, but bad. No, I, I hate that game. Okay. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. You know, for I'm normally, I'm not a big Lawler fan, so I didn't think you and I are going to see eye on a lot, Jeff, but so far we actually are syncing up pretty well. All right, I'm first next. It's going to be The Beatles versus Star Trek. That's easy for me. I own Star Trek for a reason. I do really like Beatles, but I just think Star Trek is Steve Ritchie's best flow game he ever designed. Jeff, your pick. Um, I, I, I did not like Beatles. Um, oh, okay. I, uh, I, I played it. I probably gave it like a good 40 minutes uh, the first time I laid eyes on it. And yeah, Star Trek for me is is much more of a, a, a classic. Yeah. Um, okay. Tony, any thoughts? No argument. Star Trek All on right. top easily. All right, Jeff, you're first this time. Monsters versus Spider-Man. Oh gosh. This is uh this is again the one versus the sixteen Spider-Man for sure. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, it's unanimous. Oh, poor Monsters. I so How did we end up with the Guardians? I don't know. Some of the rest of these know. matchups are just All insane. Right. All right, Tony, you're first this time. Stern's Pirates of the Caribbean. Versus Stern's The Simpsons Pinball Party, both older titles. I'm going to go with Pirates of the Caribbean, but I like both games pretty much about the same. I just like some of the shots in Pirates a little better. I'm also going with Pirates. I actually hate Simpsons and think it is a terrible layout. Absolutely terrible. Hate it. Okay. Jeff, what was your thought? I... I was actually going to go with Simpsons. I uh, I have a fondness for that game. I I really dig it. But, it's really uh, it's really popular. I am an, a terrible abomination of an anomaly. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's the way it is. All uh, right. Uh, final section bracket. Uh, let's see. I'll go first. Deadpool versus Avengers. That's easy. Deadpool. I heard Jeff say, "Yep, Tony." Yep. Yep. All right. Oh yeah. All right, Jeff. Sorry. You're first now. Tron versus Black Knight. Sword of Rage. Uh, I did not like the Black Knight game, so Tron, by default, will have to win. Okay, Tony? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Black Knight. I agree with Tony. Black Knight's better. Tron's a good game, but it's to me, it's not as good as Iron Man, and I always compare the two. But a uh, beautiful, uh, fun game. But between it the is two, beautiful. Between the two, I'm going Black Knight Pro, though. I'm not doing the premium. Again, I want it to be flowy. All right, uh, Tony, you're first. Ghostbusters versus Star Wars. It's noted to be the comic edition, but the only difference there is the art. So Ghostbusters. Okay, Tony's Ghostbusters. I'm Ghostbusters as well. I just can't get into Star Wars. Yeah, me neither. I have a lot of issues with Ghostbusters, but for me, that matchup is uh, Ghostbusters for sure. All right, and Jeff, you're first on this one. Aerosmith versus Iron Maiden. Mm. 
I mean, Ooh. for me, Maiden for sure. But uh, I feel like I've had a lot of good times with Aerosmith, so I don't want that to just fall by the wayside. Tony, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go with Maiden, but this is another one of those close ones. Yeah. I really like Aerosmith, but I agree that Maiden's the better game. All right. Round two. Now, we've already discussed the games a little bit, so we can probably tear through it relatively quick. Lord of the Rings versus Guardians of the Galaxy. Tony, you're up first. Lord of the Rings. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, Jeff? I might have gone Galaxy. All right. Well, two to one. Lord lives on. All right. I'm first now. Game of Thrones versus Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Uh, Jeff? Walking Dead. Tony? Definitely. Okay. Walking Dead moves on. Jeff, you're up first. Jurassic Park versus Elvira. JP. All right. Tony? Yep, JP. I agree as well. Unanimous. Unanimous. All right. Tony, Iron Man versus Metallica. Iron Man. I agree. Jeff? Metallica. Sorry, Jeff. Metallica's dead. My vote doesn't matter. No, it's nothing. (laughs) All right. I'll go first this time. ACDC versus Star Trek. I'm going to vote Star Trek. Jeff? Yeah, Star Trek. Tony? Definitely. Okay. All right, Jeff, you're up first. Spider-Man versus Pirates. Spider-Man. Tony? Agreed. I agree as well. All right, Spider-Man. Tony, you're first. Deadpool versus Black Knight Sword of Rage. Deadpool. I agree. Jeff? Of course. Yeah, because you hated Black Knight. <laughs> this is a, Deadpool was the right answer anyway. All right, uh, let's see. I'm first, I think, at this point. Uh, Ghostbusters versus Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Jeff? Maiden. All right, Tony. All right. Next round, Lord of the Rings versus Walking Dead. Jeff, you're first. I'm going to go Walking Dead. All right, Tony. Same. I have to say so as well. I still want a Lord (laughs) of the Rings, but Walking Dead is so good, guys. It's so good. It's so so good. All right, um, Tony, you're first. Jurassic Park versus Iron Man. Jurassic Park. I agree. Jeff? Yep, JP. All right. All right. Uh, I'm first now. Star Trek versus Spider-Man. Well, they're basically the same game. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, uh, I actually like the uh, flow better on Star Trek, so I'm going to go Star Trek. Jeff? Yeah, I think I'm there with you, man. All right. Tony? Same. All right. And Jeff, Deadpool versus Iron Maiden. Ooh. Yeah, that's a tough one, but uh, I got to go with home court advantage. I'm going Deadpool. Tony? Yeah, I think so. Deadpool. I agree. I agree. All right. Unanimous. All right. So let's see. Uh, final four. Uh, let's see. I guess I'm first now. That would, or no, Tony, you're first. Uh, Walking Dead versus Star Trek. Oh, man. I'm These are the two Sterns I own. Trek. It's so sad. I'm going to go Star Trek. I'm going to go Walking Dead. Jeff, you get to decide it. I'm going to go Walking Dead. Okay. Walking Dead. That's moves not on. a wrong answer. <laughs> and let's see i've got jurassic park versus deadpool i'm going jurassic park jeff yeah just by just by a point or two jurassic park all right and tony what was your opinion on it Same. okay so it's walking dead versus jurassic park tony you go first i'm gonna go with jurassic park i'm gonna go walking dead so it comes all down to jeff I mean, it's number one on my list for a reason. No! I own it for a reason. <laughs> it's got to be uh, JP. All right. Well, I don't think the world's really going to object too strongly. It is perhaps the greatest Stern game ever made. So, yeah. for a reason. <laughs> We're at the end of the show. Uh, Jeff, Mr. Bacalar, thank you so much for coming on with uh, and talking pinball with a couple of nobodies and putting up with our weird humor 
and <laughs> and strange opinions about pinball machines. Is there anything you'd like to plug here at the end? I, I really appreciate it. This was seriously a pleasure. Uh, thank you for allowing me into your uh, into your show. That's really awesome. Yeah, uh, if you want to check out uh, my podcast, it's called the Giant Beast Cast. It comes out every Friday. You can check that out wherever you get your podcast. And uh, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Bacalar. All right. And for those who want to reach out to Tony and me, you can always email us at collecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. We're also at facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. We're on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram is eclectic underscore gamers. And Tony and I will be back in two weeks, probably doing another Build-A-Bank and talking about nothing else because there is no news because no one's making any machines. <laughs> but, uh, until next time, uh, I'm Dennis. I'm Tony. And that's Jeff. So goodbye, everybody. <laughs>